Okay, so tonight we will begin to include in our meditation sessions a theoretical guidance. some kind of practical theory that we can apply to our meditation practice. And I'll try to find something every evening from the Buddhist teaching that's applicable to our practice, something that we can use. So as this is the first talk, I thought it was would be important to start at the beginning with the Satipatthana. Of course, we're all familiar with what are the four Satipatthana, and we have our understanding of how we put into practice the four Satipatthana. And actually, I think you all have heard something about how uh, what are the benefits of Satipatthana, but I think it's important for us to go over this again. Is it, it helps us to understand why we're practicing and it helps us to focus our practice in the right direction. So I'll try to go through these um, in a practical way. The first reason why we practice vipassana is to purify our minds. So this should be our main focus in our practice. It's not to see special things or to experience special states. The practice is for cleaning our minds, straightening our minds, straightening out what's crooked about our minds, cleaning what's dirty about our minds, fixing what's broken about our minds. And, and not even not even trying to teach ourselves this is wrong or that is wrong or find things that are wrong about our minds, but just fix that which we know is broken, clean that which we know is dirty, that we know for ourselves. We don't have to uh, read books to find out what is bad and what is unwholesome. But when we look inside, we'll see very clearly certain things that are broken. In the beginning we'll have all sorts of ideas about what's wrong with us. Maybe we're not smart enough or maybe we're not uh, good enough or so on. Not focused enough. Many meditators come and get angry at themselves because they're not focused. And so we begin to feel guilty and we think that something's wrong with us. But what we begin to see when we apply the practice and when we apply it day after day after day is that really what, what's the real problem and the most pressing problem is this guilt and this self-hatred, this feeling that something's wrong with us. So the, the meaning is that we, we come to see for ourselves what's wrong. We don't need anyone to tell us and we don't need to have any belief and we have to give up all our beliefs. 
any belief that we have that this is wrong and that is wrong and this is bad and that is bad. We have to give it up because all of that is a cause for us to to really hurt ourselves. It's the reason why we suffer so horribly at times. Getting angry is bad, but when you get angry that you're angry, it's far worse. And that leads to true and and extreme suffering. When you want things, this is bad, but when you hate yourself because of your addictions and because of your desires, when you feel guilty about them, this is worse. This is real and extreme suffering. So when we talk about cleaning the mind, purifying the mind, we're, we're talking about something empirical, something you can see for yourself. It's not based on commandments or requirements. It's based on your experience of what hurts you and what helps you, what makes you uh, find, what brings you peace and what, what makes you suffer. This is the first reason why we practice. The way this comes about in our practice is through the direct experience and reaffirmation that we use that basically means it is what it is. Seeing is only seeing, hearing is only hearing, smelling is only smelling, tasting is only tasting, feeling is only feeling, thinking is only feeling. It, it's, it is that and it's only that. When we remind ourselves of this again and again, we straighten out all that is wrong with the mind. Even when you're angry, knowing that it's just, this is anger, it is and it's only that. And so there's no room for feeling bad about it or guilty about it or getting frustrated about your anger or so on. And then when you have pain, before you even get angry about it, you know that it's pain. And so there's no room to, for you to... There's no reason for you to get angry about it. And so you... You naturally purify your mind. It's kind of amazing, actually, how, like some some liquid detergent, like like bleach, for example. Bleach has this magical property that kills all bacteria and germs and cleans away all stains and so on. Mindfulness is the same. It has this magical property that everything. You don't even have to go around looking for a cure to, for this problem, a cure for that problem. It's amazing how all of our problems can be solved by this mindfulness. And this is because of what the Buddha said, that the, the true cause of suffering and, and all suffering is ignorance. When we look at deeply into the Buddha's teaching, we see that the real problem isn't craving, actually. Even though the Buddha said craving is the cause of suffering, 
he explained it by saying that the cure for suffering is wisdom. So the real problem is the ignorance. We're ignorant as to these things that we crave, these things that we cling to. We think somehow they're going to bring us happiness. Once we see clearly that they don't, everything clears up. It's like, it's like having a big knot. And you look at the knot and you think, oh, that's a real problem. But once you solve the knot, it's just a string with no knot, like the knot was never there. You think, how do I solve this? But all you do is untie it and there is no problem anymore. It's like there was never a problem. It was just the string. In the beginning it was the string. In the end it was the string. The only difference is the, the formation. It was in the wrong, it wasn't straight. And so we do this with the mind. This is really the focus of our practice. The second reason why we practice, and really getting into the benefits of straightening your mind and purifying your mind, is that it, once your mind is pure, you, you do away with all kinds of mental sickness, mental illness, mental dis-ease all kinds of sorrows and despairs and stresses and worries and obsessions, addictions and so on. All of these things that they talk about in the world as being problems that you need to solve with drugs or, or so on. But it's not true that all of them can be cured for people who have uh, chemical imbalances in the brain. It's, it's possible that meditation will never in this life solve their problem, but the actual practice of the meditation for people who are able to understand it, every moment of practicing changes the mind and, it, and as a result changes the brain. There's this phenomenon they learn, they're learning about now called neuroplasticity, that the brain can actually change the way it works. An example is uh, People who go blind find that, they, they find in the brains of people who were born blind or have gone blind, that the part of the brain that used to see is now used for hearing, for example. The brain starts to use this unused hard drive space or CPU space uh, for something new, for another task. Uh, but the, the point is that our, our brains, even our brains can change. Now, it's unlikely that people with serious mental, mental problems will get far in the meditation, but even getting a short way in the meditation can set them on the right path and can change their life. So all kinds of mental sicknesses, mental illnesses come by, by untying the knots in our behavior, the knots in our habits. We see that actually all of these problems we thought that we had brain, we had a, um, an imbalance, chemical imbalance or so on, we come to see that actually it was just knots. It's just strings, strings. And it's a kind of a string theory. The world is made of strings tied in knots, and all we have to do is untie the knots. And when you untie the knots, it's like it was never there. It's gone. It's just an illusion. The third reason why we practice is to overcome suffering. 
pain in the body and pain in the mind, to be free from it, really. Now we start with pain in the, in the mind. When you're sitting in meditation, there's not much you can do about physical pain. Sometimes you have no choice but to sit through it. You adjust, you stretch, you move, and it doesn't go away. And it can get so bad until finally you realize that there's no way out. You realize that you have no way out. And so you make this profound change by just saying, let it be. And when the pain comes up, you stick with it. In our daily life, we're not able to do this. It's something we don't ever notice, right? We think, why do I have all this pain when I'm sitting here in meditation? When I'm at home, I don't have this pain. But when you're at home, you're shifting every few seconds. Every, every minute you change position many times. When you're in meditation, you, do, you shift position much less. And so it's not something caused by meditation. It's actually now you're finally seeing the truth of the body, the truth of, of, of suffering. And so finally, after after trying again and again to relieve the pain, you, you give in and you let it, let the pain be, and you watch it, and you say, pain, pain, pain. And you realize that it's not really pain at all. Physical pain isn't really painful. Until the mind says it's no good, until the mind dislikes it. So the Buddha said, this is like you have one thorn in your body and you take another thorn to try to get it out. You, know, you take a thorn off the tree and you break it and try to get the first thorn out. Now with that kind of method, are you going to get less pain or more pain? It's most likely you're going to get twice as much pain. Like when I had glass in my foot and I was trying to get it out with a needle and it turned out there was no glass in my foot after all. But I got a lot of pain for it. This is what we do with the, the, the mind pain. This is a, a good example, actually, because in my mind I thought there was glass there, so I was always trying to fix the problem. And it must have been something karmic because I tried many times and then the doctor tried and so on. So much pain. But this is what we do. We, we think we're going to fix it and we try to fix it and end up just causing more pain for ourselves. And then we leave it alone. Of course, if there is glass in your foot, you should get it out. It's not something simple, but it's just an, an analogy. The truth is, for like pain, when we're sitting in meditation, nothing is going to happen to our legs if we, if we sit still, if we let it be, except that our legs might go numb. And so you can see that actually you get rid of physical pain as well. You say you, there's still physical pain, but you don't feel it as pain. The fourth reason why we practice is to set ourselves on the right path. This is something that people are always asking, what is the right thing to do? What is the right way to live my life? How can I live my life? And the truth is it's not important what you do or how you live your life. Everyone lives their life anyway. Your life is going to go up and down and all around and change in many ways. The Buddha said it's like when you take a cloth, if you have a white cloth 
and it's covered in dirt and grime and oil and stains and then it doesn't matter what color you dip it in you put it in red color or blue color or green color it's not going to take the color it's not going to come out and be a beautiful green or beautiful red or beautiful yellow color but if you take a clean cloth and you dip it in any whatever color you dip it in it will become clean whatever you do in your life the right path is not what you're doing the right path is how you're doing it and your uh, approach to life because life is life I'm not a monk you're not a, a, you know, a carpenter an engineer or this or that we are experienced we're moment to moment experience that's who we are and every experience affects the next experience so if we act and speak and if we think in with a, we have a pure mind the next experience will be based on that purity and happiness will follow us if we develop un impure minds and unwholesome mind states unwholesome actions and speech then we'll receive the benefit the, the detriment of that and as a result suffering will follow so this is how we understand people wonder how can meditation help me in my life what can it do for me it does the most important thing for you it won't tell you what career you should take but it will un it will help you understand that which is much far more important than your career and that is how to live how to interact with reality rather than react to it and the final reason for practicing meditation is that it leads us to Nibbana or freedom from suffering and this goes in stages so when we first start to practice or when we practice just a little bit all it does is make us happier and more peaceful and more clear about the world with more wisdom so we still have to maybe come back and be reborn and we can even change and do become a bad person later on but it's helped us in some to some level if we practice more then it will purify us to such an extent that we don't have to come back as a human we can be born in a pure state and where we are, are able to be free from suffering for a long time and maybe still fall back if we practice on and on until we realize nibbana then we'll be will be set in the practice and it will only be a matter of time and eventually we'll become free and not have to come back at all we'll go to pure and pure and pure uh, existences until finally we're free because the mind has come to incline towards nibbana just like a tree that is inclining in one direction is going to fall in that direction but if you have it if you change the direction that it's going to fall then you can look and say now it's going to fall in this direction so whereas our mind is inclined towards samsara we change it to incline towards nibbana and all you all you have to do is incline towards nibbana and it will fall eventually in that direction so this is a teaching on the five benefits or five reasons why we practice vipassana meditation practice the four foundations of mindfulness just a short pep talk before we do our actual practice so now we'll continue on with walking and sitting